So we're recording. Is that recording? We're ready to go. So, how did you end up here? This is Blank on Blank, where lost interviews come to life. Distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. My name is uh, Mark Barry. Age? Yeah. I'm 33. And you're from? Yeah. I'm originally from Limerick in Ireland. My name is Suhit Bartisarty. Surit is a journalist. He lives in New York City, and he writes for The Classical. It's a sports website. I wanted to write something on distant fandom and the whole concept of supporting a soccer team from a distance, supporting Manchester United or any European soccer clubs from New York. When I was very young, maybe uh, three, four, we used to go over to England in the summers to Cousins in Manchester. And the first game that I can remember, I think I was five or six at that stage. Once I'd seen that team and and seen the fans and, and experienced the atmosphere. As a young kid, it's like, you know, it's like Disneyland. The singing and, and the chanting and, and the sheer theatre of it was, I was hooked then. And that, that was it. And Mark's really involved with the Man United fan club in New York. And I thought that he'd be someone interesting and fascinating to speak to. And he's really involved in, in bringing everyone together. So when I met Mark and then I started interviewing him in January, I had no idea that he had a very different past from some of the other fans in New York, that Mark had something different going about him and he had a whole different life experience and that supporting Man United meant, I mean, as much as life itself to him. My real kind of obsession took over when I was a teenager. I mean, when we won the first Premier League in 1993, I had just turned 14. So that was basically my entire teenage years was nothing but United, United winning, 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 winning all the way up. Right after school, I actually took some time off where I was working and I was going to all the games. I would basically blow my entire week's wages on the weekend going wherever United were playing. Unlike here in America, you have a section specifically set aside for away fans, which is segregated by a line of police and stewards on one side and a line of police and stewards on the other side. And typically, you will get between two and 3,000 tickets, which is reserved for away fans. Now, also typically, it's the same people traveling to every single away game. Because you're with the same people all the time, because you're seeing the same people, you're having experiences with the same people, a lot of the time you're being attacked by home fans. It becomes a very, very tight-knit thing. Now, that's even concentrated more again when it goes down to, is it quote-unquote, the firm, which is the guys, the lads who, they're there for the football, but they're also there for other stuff, like, you know, fighting and just trouble, you know. To have a fight with the opposing team's and fans. But how, how did you get involved in that? It's very easy when you're going away from home every week. It's inevitable that you're just going to be mixing with these lads. And, you know, I was the same age as they were. 
you know, I was, we're into all the same music, into all the same clothes, into all, you know, the same drugs. The culture. Yes, exactly. It's it's what they call casual culture, you know. People are doing coke on the trains and coke on the buses and smoking weed and whatever. So by the time half one, two o'clock rolls around and you're in a pub, everybody's steaming. And the atmosphere, you know, it's you're, you're in a big group of young lads and everyone's singing and it's boisterous and... All it takes is one person to go, right, let's let's go see where these lot are and see if we can't get something to happen, you know? Well, it was... Was it 04? So I was... I wasn't a kid, I was 25. Mm-hmm. 24, 25. We were playing Leeds. Ellen Road was the... was the place to go as a United fan for violence. Everyone's pretty wrecked by the time we even get to Leeds. Get into the game, nothing much. There was a couple of scuffles outside before, but nothing much happened. We walked around the back of the stadium, because a lot of the times, a lot of the Leeds lads wouldn't be in the stadium. They'd be hanging around outside. and So we went looking for them, uh, came around the back. The Leeds fans just came down the hill at us. One of them came flying at me. I sidestepped him, hit him. He went down, and I mean, this guy was a lot bigger than me. You know, I'm five seven, on a good day. This guy was huge. This guy was maybe six foot two, six foot three, and big, hefty fucking Yorkshire prick. You know, uh, he dropped right by my feet. And you know, what do you do in this situation? You make sure the person doesn't get up, right? You don't go. Are you okay? Can I help you up? It, it's fucking chaos around you. There's maybe two hundred people fighting. So I just started booting him in the head. Um, Now, at this stage, there were some police with us who saw us coming out and followed us, but nowhere near enough to stop what was happening. So in that case, typically what they do is they'll just sit back and they'll film it. And then they'll go and they'll arrest the protagonists in the weeks or months or whatever following, which is what happened to me. Now, Barry says he was sentenced to a year in prison for causing bodily harm and something like incitement to riot. He ended up serving six months. Before even the trial, it kind of just hit me, what the fuck are you doing? Because my family is, is a quote-unquote good family in the sense that I was never in, in any real trouble growing up. But I got caught up in the violence part of it. After I was caught and after it happened and after the penny dropped, I just kind of thought to myself, this isn't you. You need to get the hell out of it. Got in a boat, went home to Ireland. Actually... I lied before I went home. I got out in early May and I actually went to the FA Cup final (laughs) against Arsenal in Cardiff. Mark still had his passion for Manchester United, but he was ready to start a new life. So he headed to the States, where his parents were living, and eventually he ended up in New York City. He started working, and then he met a girl. My name is Lissa. In a pub, of course. L-I-S-S-A. After watching his team play. Not Alyssa. <laughs> Gilmore. Mark has been with Lissa for five years now, and they watch all the games together. She's a diehard. 
he's converted her. At first it would take up to, I'd say maybe two days for him to kind of snap out of a loss. Anything I tried to do, whether it was taking him out or like cooking for him or you know doing anything at home for him, nothing would snap him out of it. No matter how much the difference was in score. So it was crazy, <laughs> yeah. She's chilled me out a lot, I think. I just, I react to defeats much better. I put things in perspective much better. You know, since since being here as well, it hasn't just been Lissa, it's been all the lads. It's a great group of guys and there's no animosity and, and we just, we have a laugh. It's all about having fun. It's, it's about getting together and supporting our team and singing our songs and kind of putting the best image, uh, I guess, of United and United fans out there. It's all about the camaraderie without the violence bit. I'd like to thank Surit Parthasarti for bringing us Mark Berry's story. Read his article on Mark and Man U fans in New York City at theclassical.org. It's a different take on writing about sports. Check it out. Big thanks as well to Amy Drozdowska for producing this Blank on Blank with me. Our sound logo comes to us from Jeffrey Allen Jones. And for all the journalists, nonfiction authors, and interviewers of all stripes out there, we want to hear your lost interviews. So drop us a line to interviews at blankonblank.org. Blank on Blank is distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. That's all for now. I'm David Gerlach. Keep listening. Pass the